One area that has been really controversial for AI in general is the concept of integrating more AI into the military. Some people call for it and some people, you know, think it shouldn't be done. I, for one, think the military and healthcare are two areas that are incredibly critical to look at. I think there's a lot of benefits um, to integrating AI and the benefits are very obvious. But that being said, I think it's something that we definitely need to be very thoughtful about um, for a number of reasons. You know, I have a lot of concerns, for example, with inflection AI that, you know, prioritizes an ecosystem's life over the life of a human, integrating something like that into the military or healthcare, I think could be very dangerous and could, you know, literally cost lives. Um, and so I think it's very important that, you know, uh, we take a very good hard look at that. So today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about Palantir's CEO. Palantir is a defense company um, that has been getting quite heavy into AI lately and talking about what their CEO has been saying. So I think if we want to back up a little bit on this story, um, of course, back when after uh, OpenAI's GPT-4 launched and started kind of showing how powerful it was, you had a whole bunch of really big tech people, Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, and a bunch of other people sign an open letter, you know, asking in, I think this was in March, asking for like a pause on advanced AI development. They said anything more powerful than GPT-4 should be paused. Um, now, a lot of people criticize this, right, because Elon Musk then went on to uh, start XAI. Um, and there, you know, a lot of people said, well, you just want it to be paused because you're behind and you want to, you know, be able to get into the ring and catch up to them essentially. So there was that criticism. Some people said, yeah, this is necessary. In any case, no sort of overwhelming pause ever happened. However, um, it did kind of lead, um, opening eye to say, Hey, we're not going to, we're not even developing GPT-5 right now. Um, when in reality, I think they're just improving gpt4 to a level that you could yeah you know you could argue that gpt 4.5 is what gpt5 was going to be if they weren't allowed to develop it they're just making the one they have a little bit better incrementally so anyways that's a whole other that's a whole other thing but in any case contrary to all of these kind of apprehensions that a lot of these people have had about ai and where it's going palantir ceo alex carp he says that um you know the boons of ai you know especially for military applications should outweigh these fears now on the one hand, right, I've already said I'm apprehensive about this, but on the other hand, I I get where he's coming from in a sense that if, you know, we all say, hey, let's stop, let's not, like, integrate AI into the military, that's not going to stop our adversaries from integrating AI into their militaries and perhaps getting a competitive advantage. So, in my opinion, if there's a competitive advantage to be had, regardless of the fact that perhaps it's dangerous, I think we need to, we're, like, inevitably, it's not a choice of, like, it becomes less of a choice of ethics and more of a choice of if someone else has a, a greater technology, we essentially have to adopt it in order to stay relevant and to protect ourselves, even if we don't plan on using it, even if it's for a defense thing. It's the same argument of uh, with nuclear bombs, right? It's like if Russia and China and every other superpower start had a ton of nuclear bombs and we said they're too dangerous, let's not develop them. Well, we would have no defense, right? And so uh, at the end of the day, I think you have to be, you definitely, it's a life or death matter to be... Um, you know, as a deterrent, if nothing else, to have a lot of, to have the most highly advanced technology possible in your military. So in any case, Carp recently, you know, stirred a little controversy. He, he did a New York Times op-ed and he detailed his stance on the indispensability of advancing AI developments. And he really emphasized the urgency of integrating, um, you know, the transformative technology within the nation's electric grids, defense, and intelligence networks. Those are the three areas he kind of focused on. And he said this, quote, our adversaries will not pause to indulge in theatrical debates about the merits of developing technology 
strategies from or with critical military and national security applications, they will proceed. Um, and then he kind of, you know, likened the ongoing debate to the Oppenheimer moment, and he was drawing parallels between the development of AI and nuclear devices, right? So what I was bringing up earlier. Amid this whole kind of ongoing controversy, several industry um, giants have kind of sought to slow down AI-related concerns. Um, and seven leading AI companies, including OpenAI, Google, and Amazon, have pledged uh, you know, voluntary commitments to the Biden administration to create safer AI tools. Yet, you know, some people like Meta's chief AI scientist, Yan LeCun, Bill Gates, and Mark Andreessen also have CARP's sentiment, uh, sentiments essentially um, on the importance of really rolling forth AI and, and making sure we're integrating this. Specifically, LeCun from Meta, he's, he's quite outspoken. He's on uh, Twitter a lot or X, and he has kind of dismissed the notion that unrestrained AI development could imperil humanity as he says this is preposterously ridiculous. And then meanwhile, Gates and Andreessen you know, really fervently argue for the continuation of AI development. And of course, Bill Gates stands to gain a lot as Microsoft is a heavy investor in this area, perhaps one of the biggest. And Andreessen obviously has backed a lot of companies in the space as a venture capital investor. So they, uh, you know, there, there's a recent interesting quote by Gates uh, this month. He said, cyber criminals won't stop making new tools, nor will people who want to use AI to design nuclear weapons and bioterror attacks. The efforts to stop them needs to continue at the same pace. Um, Andreessen, who is an investor in various AI startups, noted that the most substantial AI-related risk currently is China's potential global AI dominance. He said that's the biggest AI risk we have is if China actually became the you know the dominant player in this space and that's why we really need to focus on development and moving the needle um to avoid that from you know becoming the becoming the situation we find ourselves in so carp uh of course from palantir has a really vested interest in ai's military incorporation as he noted in his op-ed palantir's platforms are leveraged for target selection mission planning and satellite reconnaissance um, so obviously he's going to say we need to integrate it from uh, you know the perspective of being the CEO of a company that has a lot to gain from that. But this push for AI has really reflected positively on Palantir's stock performance recently, right? We've seen some massive gains for Palantir, and uh, obviously that's something that's in his mind. So I, I will say, though, that he also recently said, quote, the depth of engagement with and demand for our new artificial intelligence platform is without precedent. Um, he said that during their first quarter earnings report um, and that he released in May. And the company's stock is projected to surge by around 54% over the next year. Uh, that's according to Dan Ives, who's the managing director of equity research at Wedbush Securities, who claims that Palantir's AI fortress remains unmatched. So, at the, you know, as the debate for AI development continues to go on, I think a lot of industry leaders like CARP are making a compelling case for the necessity of this technology and really strengthening national security and the economy and are demonstrating that AI's benefits could outweigh its potential risks. Not to say there aren't risks, but perhaps the benefits are more important at this time. So I think this is really interesting. Um, and I think that from my personal perspective, whether you like AI or not, whether you like AI integrated into the military or not, I think it actually does have to happen um, for a national security perspective. And it's kind of hard because it's like, you know, it sounds like, oh, you know, we're just listening to this guy who's obviously shilling for his company because he obviously has, you know, millions or billions of dollars to gain from his technology getting implemented into the military. 
But at the same time, like the case is quite compelling. We can't have China be the, the dominant leader in this space um, if we hope to maintain national security um, strengths. And so, and I, you know, I, I know this is not just an American audience listening to this. So any country around the world is going to inevitably have to be thinking about that. And if you are an ally of the United States uh, militarily in your country, you know, perhaps you are in NATO or you share weapon systems, like you are going to want to root for America to get involved in this AI technology as well, because as we're seeing what's happening with Russia and other countries, um, you need to have a very strong military stance at this moment in time, I feel like, to um, really be able to hold your ground. And, you know, you would never want your your uh, geopolitical adversaries to have a massive uh, military advantage over you because they have advanced AI that can help them, you know, be a lot more efficient on the battlefield that you decided was unethical or, um, you know, just not, you know, not good for whatever reason you had that debate and decided not to do it, your adversaries will not. And so at the end of the day, you just need the best technology. So I am, you know, while I am, uh, I do think we should be very careful about AI, I do think it does need to be integrated into military. Now, uh, do I think that we need something like inflection AI running the military? Absolutely not. That'd be a disaster, right? That'd be like putting someone at a liberal arts um, school in charge of running the military. I don't think that would be great. And, you know, for that matter, not a big dig at the liberal arts schools. I don't think the liberal arts school would want a military commander being in charge of their school either, right? So I think uh, I think it's a pretty fair, a, a pretty fair comparison to make. And uh, we, I think at the end of the day, we are going to need to integrate AI into the military, but we just need to be really careful about which and make sure that it does not become corrupted um, with dangerous ideologies for our troops. So this will be interesting to continue following in the future. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AIbox, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, which just launched a crowdfunding campaign. If you are interested in investing in a new AI startup, you can go to republic.com slash AI box. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well to learn more. The minimum investment is $150 and the maximum investment is $100,000. Until next time, have a fantastic day.